0: that appears to have been an impulsive person. You know, we don't get these full character studies of many of the, the New Testament disciples, but more information is written about Peter than any of the others. He did not mind, at least he doesn't seem to have minded, being the center of attention when all of the other disciples faded into the background. Peter stepped forward. There were times that he was very impulsive and acted Quickly, maybe even without thinking. We mentioned that before the night before Jesus was crucified. Peter didn't even, didn't even slow up. He said, Lord, I'll never deny you. Didn't even internalize. Wait a minute, Jesus is giving me a warning. Maybe I need to think about this. I need to be on guard. He just said, no, I, I never will. There was one scene that is my favorite impulsive Peter scene. Jesus went up on top of the mountain that we call the Mount of Transfiguration. And there, in a supernatural way, Jesus revealed his glory. And When Jesus walked on earth, his body looked like ours. There was nothing, what Isaiah 53 says is there was nothing impressive about Jesus' body. Nothing out of the ordinary. Sometimes you, in fact, I even one time heard a woman Teach. She was teaching and said, I just think that Jesus was the most handsome man and that the ladies you know, were attracted to him. The Bible says exactly the opposite is the case. It said there was nothing extraordinary about Jesus' appearance. But on top of that mountain, Jesus showed Peter, James, and John. They were the only three disciples who were up there. He said, you're going to see my glory. The glory that I had when I was in heaven. And and instantly he he burst into light, radiant, just w- w- brilliant whiteness, and the disciples were dumbfounded. I mean, it was such, you can imagine such an overwhelming experience. Matthew, Mark, and Luke all record that scene, and I think Mark is the one who wrote this sentence. Peter, not knowing what to say, said, and <laughs> filled it in. Now, the the other, uh, uh, James and John said, we we have nothing to say. Peter said, nope, somebody's got to say something, and I will be the person. Well, I'm sure because of that personality trait, there were things after Peter said them that he may have wished he had not said. He thought later, said, oh, I wish I hadn't said that. I shouldn't have said that. But the words that he chose to close the first letter that he wrote, are well thought out. They're, they're key words, and I want us to spend some time looking at that tonight. If you have your Bible and want to follow along, you can open to 1 Peter chapter 5. Peter wrote two letters, and many Bible scholars think that somewhere along the way, Peter and Mark connected with each other the mark who wrote the second gospel in the new testament peter mentions mark in these letters and talks about him even calls him a son in the faith and so somehow they got connected to each other some people think that perhaps even peter was saying the words and mark was writing them down saying peter what what do you want to say next they had a really close relationship and so here in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6, Peter said, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your cares on him, because he cares about you. Be sober-minded, be alert. Your adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion, looking for anyone he can devour. Resist him. Firm in the faith, knowing that the same kind of sufferings are being experienced by your fellow believers all throughout the world. The God of all grace, who called you to His eternal glory in Christ, will Himself restore, establish, strengthen, and support you after you have suffered a little while. To Him be dominion forever. Amen." Through Silvanus, your translation may say Silas, it's uh, the same Bible character, just a different, different word here. Through Silvanus, a faithful brother as I consider him, I have written to you briefly in order to encourage you and to testify that this is the true grace of God. Stand firm in it. She who is in Babylon, now that's a hidden reference to the city of Rome. Just in case any of the Roman centurions or anybody found this letter and would want to destroy it, he's speaking in code here. He says, she who is in Rome, meaning the church that is there in Rome, chosen together with you, sends you greetings, as does Mark, my son. Greet one another with a kiss of love. Peace to all of you who are in Christ. Let me share some key words from this passage. The first one is the word humble. Verse 6 starts off with humble yourself, humble, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God so that he may exalt you at the proper time. Peter picked up on that theme from hearing Jesus teach. From hearing him uh, talk about the value of humility. Even the night before he was crucified lowering himself to wash the disciples feet. Peter knew that humility mattered to Jesus. And so he said, we need to humble ourselves. Jesus taught in Matthew 23, verse 12, everyone, not some, not most, not nearly all, everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. And everyone who humbles himself will be exalted. And so what Peter is building on here is this principle Everybody is going to be humbled. The timing and the manner of it depends upon us. We can choose to humble ourselves. Or God says, I I will do the humbling for you. The, The issue in life isn't whether or not some people are going to be humbled and some people aren't. Everybody is going to be humbled. The manner of that, the timing of it is if we choose, God, I want to humble myself so that you can exalt me or I will continue to exalt myself and know that you will humble me. Do you remember when you were in school, maybe you had to do a speech or a class presentation? Some of you probably were good students. And when you walked into the classroom and the teacher said, all right, who's ready to give their report? You may have said, I want to go first. I want to get mine out of the way. I've worked on it. I have prepared it. I am ready to go. Some of you may not have been as good as students. And when people were giving their reports, you were in the back writing yours, trying to come up with something to say. Everybody before the class period was over was going to give their report. But the timing of it and the manner of it was up to the student. Hey, I am ready. I I can give mine right now. Or I'm not ready. Please don't call on me. Oh, you called on me. (laughs) It's what Peter said. Echoing what Jesus said, he said, look, everybody when they awaken in the morning can know that at some point the humbling will occur. You can either sail through life pridefully and I don't need God. Or you can humble yourself and say, God, I am a mess without you. And just as the humbling happens to everybody, so does the exalting. Peter did not simply say, look, just humble yourselves What he said is if you will humble yourself at exactly the right time, God will exalt you. He will give you the honor that other people are seeking. But they don't get it because they sought it for themselves. And God said, I'm the one who gave it to you. So the first word is humble. The second word in verse 7 is the word cast. Peter said, look, you've got burdens, you've got troubles, you've got struggles, you have things that are weighing you down. We all do. He said, cast them on God. And the reason that you can cast them on God is because He cares about you. God will take matters that are of importance to us and say, give them to me. And and give them to me because I really care about what is going on in your life. This is a really important biblical principle. If it matters to you, it matters to God. Nothing is insignificant. And so if something is weighing on us, God doesn't say, oh, that's nothing. If it matters to us, it matters to God. And so Peter said, so those things that matter to us, cast them upon God And he will do the very best with them because he cares about you. Now, we all have business relationships with people who take care of us. Your internet provider, your garbage service, uh, Four County or Columbus Electric or whoever. We all have people who do take care of us, but they don't do so because they care about us. They do so because we pay them. Just stop paying your waste management bill and see if they keep picking up your garbage. In fact, not only will they not pick up your garbage, they'll come take your car because you can't pay your car tag if you don't pay your garbage bill. Nobody, nobody from Columbus Electric has ever called me to see how I'm doing. They've not ever said, we would like to put your birthday in our records. Would you tell us what it is? Nobody's ever said, hey, heard you're, you know, you're traveling some. Could, you, could you, you know, update us on what's going on? They don't care. Now, they do provide electricity for the apartment where I live, but they don't do so because they care. God acts because he cares. Not because we say, God, will pay you if you'll do it. Peter didn't say here, Cast your cares on God, and if you do enough good deeds, then He'll do something about them. He said, you can cast your cares on God, and you can be 100% confident that He is working on your behalf. And the reason you can have that confidence is because He cares about you. He's not doing it simply as a business service. He cares. The third word, we've talked about too humble We've talked about the second word, cast. The third word is watch. Verse 8 says, be sober-minded, be alert. Your adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion, looking for anyone he can devour. I would really love to interview Peter and ask, were you thinking about the night you denied Jesus when you wrote that? Were you thinking about, I'll never deny Jesus. And the devil prowling saying, I've got him right where I want him. He's overconfident. He doesn't see this coming. That's the way lions attack. They do not say, Mr. Gazelle, be over there shortly. They crouch in the grass. They remain quiet and silent. Rarely, rarely does the devil destroy people. With a full on assault. He comes secretly. That one little decision that we think had no consequences led to another one, and another one, and another one, and before you know it, we're ruined. Peter said, Please be on your guard. The word sober minded means you need to be very serious about this. Take seriously this warning. The devil is not playing. Satan desires to destroy everything that God treasures. Of all that God has created, human beings are at the top of the list. And so Satan says if God cares about people, we're the only creation, we're the only part of creation Jesus died for. Not the animals, not the plants, not the mountains. Human beings are the only beings that Jesus died for. So we're at the top of God's list. Which means that we're at the top of Satan's list too. If God cares about it, Satan wants to destroy it. God cares about you. Satan wants to destroy you. And so Peter says we have to be very, very careful. We have to watch and not allow even a crack If we see the crack, we need to close that door as quickly as we can because we don't want Him to destroy us. The fourth word that I want you to see here is the word persevere. Look in verse 9. Resist him, firm in the faith, knowing that the same kind of sufferings are being experienced by your fellow believers throughout the world. The God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, establish, strengthen, and support you after you have suffered a little while. To him be dominion forever. Peter wrote this letter. In fact, if you ever wanted to do your Bible study, you could look back in chapter 1, chapter 4, chapter 2. Peter wrote, hey, you're going through sufferings. But don't be surprised by that. He said, Peter, all people all around the world who have faith in Christ are going through similar types of sufferings. Stand firm. Stand strong. Don't give up. Because God is working in your sufferings. We might prefer that God would do something else. We might say, God, isn't there an easier path? God, couldn't you accomplish your purposes in me without my suffering or going through hard times? And Peter said, God chooses not to. God chooses to work, teaching us through our difficulties, lessons that we might not learn any other way. I can't speak for you. I can speak confidently for me. The greatest periods of growth that I have ever had in my life were through the struggling periods. When I was searching, saying, God, what are you doing? It was during those periods that I picture I picture the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Spirit elbowing each other, saying, look at what we're doing. Look at, look at what's happening here. I have a friend in Pennsylvania and this story did not happen to him it happened to one of the people in his church he came to me, he he told me one day that this this young husband had had told him what was going on with his wife his wife was expect they were expecting his wife was pregnant with their second child the first pregnancy unbelievably smooth I mean, no issues, no problems, really quick delivery. And so she thought, man, let's have a bunch of them if it's that easy. And then she got pregnant with the second one. And she had horrific morning sickness. Just nauseated, miserable. How long does morning sickness last? Nine months. All right. All right, the entire pregnancy. So however long it lasts, she had had a full-blown force of just sick, 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 sick. And one morning, her husband awakened and noticed, looked over, and she wasn't in bed, and then he heard her. And I don't want to be gross, but I do want to describe the scene. He said, it just sounded like her whole intestines were coming out. And so he pulled the covers back and walked into their bathroom. And he said that he could not even see her face. That she was on the toilet like this and, and her head was you know, down in the toilet. But she had not made it to the toilet before she was sick. And so he, he described the scene and says, it was just a mess. He said, "Her she didn't care. Her hair was, it, he said, she was down like this and he walked in and he said, this is beautiful. And she, what did you say? And he said to her, we're having a baby. He said, I know that this is miserable. But several months from now, and he put his hand on her stomach, from right in here, our new baby is coming. And, and right now, with all of this mess, it seems like this is just awful. He said, but This is beautiful. And it's part of this process. We can't see it. When we go into the fiery furnace, we say, God, it is so hot. He says, it's beautiful. You don't know. You can't see it, but I'm doing something. And on the other side of this, you are going to adjust the rear view mirror and say, that's exactly what God was doing. And so Peter said, stand strong. When you are going through these troubles, he said, other people, can I help you? They are going through the same types of troubles. Don't give up. Persevere. And then the last word that I want you to see is the word celebrate. Peter did the same thing that Paul did. He started mentioning people that were important to him. Verse 12, through Silvanus, a faithful brother, I have written to you briefly in order to encourage you and to testify that this is the true grace of God, stand firm in it. She who is in Babylon, in other words, the church in Rome, chosen together with you, sends you greetings, as does Mark, my son, Greet one another with a kiss of love. Peace to all of you who are in Christ Jesus. Peter said, look, the people who love Jesus the way that you do need to be dear to you. He said, Silas is like that to me. Mark is like that to me. This church where I am in Rome, they're like that to me. They're brothers and sisters. They're people who are connected to me. And I rejoice That God has given me people that are that meaningful to me. We need to celebrate the brothers and sisters that have been with us at various stages of life. Some of them are no longer with us, some of them may be be in different parts of the country, but we have some here now too. We need to look at the whole scope at all of the people that God has inserted into our lives and celebrate the fact that they have blessed us in the ways that they have. And so I hope that these words, these key words that Peter shared, without any regret, will be good boosts for you uh, tomorrow, Friday, and Saturday, and then we'll gather back here on Sunday to worship the Lord together. Let me close this in a word of prayer, and then we'll be dismissed. Father, thank you so much for the chance to be together tonight. God, please use your word that you recorded for us through Peter to inspire us, to encourage us, to help us persevere and and endure all throughout the week, to be joyful people because of the blessings that you've given us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen.